from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Our next guest was one of the top pole dancers in the Atlanta exotic dance scene. You may have seen her on season two of WeTV's Beyond the Pole, and she is one of the co-hosts of Angela Yee's award-winning sex and relationship podcast, Lip Service. Money Movers, please welcome everyone's favorite entertainer, Gigi McGuire, to the podcast. Hi, Gigi. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you. This is going to be a great conversation. And I think that is representative of something that is so Atlanta and so much a part of our culture, which informs the entire urban culture across the world. So I'm really excited to have you here today. I'm excited to be here. And thanks for that intro, girl. You made me seem so bossy. Oh my gosh. I mean, you're an OG to the scene. I've read a lot about you. And I think that this is going to be such an interesting conversation because so many young women in Atlanta, the South, throughout the world have been entertainers for years and years and years. So to have a veteran like yourself here, there's been movies made about you. It's going to be a really fascinating interview. So welcome to Money Moves. 
crazy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Gigi, welcome to the podcast. I want to start with your background. Tell us about how you got into the entertainment and dance industry and talk about your journey throughout all these years. Yeah, it's been one hell of a journey. Um, to really try to make this quick because it is a long story, I actually was introduced to the um, entertainment industry when I was 20 years old. Um, I'm originally from Philadelphia, and the first club I worked at was a club called Delilah's. Um, I have a technical dance background. So um, ballet, jazz, tap, I've done all of that since the age of four. My high school was a performing arts high school. So it was like fame, you know, I was running around in tutus and ballet shoes and stuff. Um, I actually um, had, I'm a mother. I had my daughter at the age of 17. Mm -hmm. Um, At the age of 19, I was basically homeless and um, I turned to dancing. I had a, uh, I had a um, court case pending and, um, you know, an arrest over my head and, you know, things that had just gotten really hard for me. Her father had passed away and I turned to dancing just as a way of survival. Yeah. Fast forward a few years later, I moved to Atlanta. By the time I moved to Atlanta, I was bartending. I had no intentions on dancing again, but I just so happened to do the amateur night contest at Magic City and I won. And when I won, I was offered a job to dance there by the owner himself, Big Magic, which is a history making moment because I'm a one of one. You know, nobody else has had that opportunity. Um, And of course, I took him up on the opportunity. It changed my life. I want people to understand, like, why that's so significant, because Magic City has been around forever. It's one of the probably most famous world renowned um, strip clubs in Atlanta, in, in Atlanta. So for Magic you to go on audition in amateur night and get a job on the same night, like that was history breaking. Tons of girls do amateur night, but no one gets yeah. offered a job. Well, right, they, they over the years, they stopped doing the amateur night. I wish they would bring it back. Um, maybe they should bring it back and let me host it. However, um, <laughs> yeah, that was a one time situation um, for me. To win that um, contest, it was strictly off of skill. I was 110 pounds. I was A cup. I didn't have all this body, yada, yada, I have happening now. But I had talent they, they had never seen before. So that was what made me stand apart from the rest of the girls in the competition, as well as the rest of the girls at the club. Mm-hmm. I eventually um, became their very first featured entertainer as well and created a group called the Snack Pack, which is like world renowned, known for all of our illustrious um, pole tricks and theatrics that we would do on the stage. Um, I eventually stopped dancing and opened a pole dance studio. Um, And then I moved to New York for love and I ended up hosting Angela Yee's podcast, which is where I am now. Oh, but I'm back in Atlanta because that love ship sailed and yeah, here we are. I'm sure if everyone tunes into your podcast, you're going to tell the story there. But, you know, okay. I talk about it all the time. I am an open book. I'm very open and honest about everything. I only know how to be one way, and that's me, right? <laughs> and um, I, 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 I have no problem sharing. Um, I feel like why not, you know, yeah. why hide behind anything? Always stand in what you do and what you say. And you never know who you can help with being open and honest about your journey and telling your story. So I'm always here um, for that. So I love this, and, like, obviously our podcast is called Money Moves. And of course, Cardi B made that so famous because she was always out there making money moves. And she is, you know, one of the biggest examples of a dancer turned entrepreneur, turned rapper, et cetera, et cetera. And this is also your story. Can you talk a bit more about young girls getting into um, dancing and what is the truth behind how much money they actually make versus what the reality is? Because I think a lot of people don't know. 
Right. Well, um, I want to start by saying that I have been retired for 10 years now. It's been since 2011 that I worked at Magic City. So, um, you know, times have changed. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say back then, I don't know, on average, maybe five to 10,000 a week, depending on, you know, how things were. Um, The night of my last dance, I left with almost 30,000. Um, I've had a lot of memorable seven to ten thousand dollar nights. Um, I've had birthday sets where I've made sixteen, seventeen thousand. Um, I've had nights where there was a money fight on my stage with rappers and ball players. And I've also keeping it one hundred. I've also had those nights where I went to the club and bought uh, an outfit or some shoes and got my hair and makeup done and had a couple drinks and ate some food and left out of there with less money than I started with. Uh-huh. You know that happens as yeah. well. So, you know, even being a top entertainer, even being a showstopper, even being a very popular woman in the club, everyone has those nights where it's just not your night and, you know, it comes with the territory. Yeah, absolutely. So these days, I don't really know what's going on as far as how much money these girls are making, but I have to say that we ain't have um, scammers. We ain't had the scammers and the, and the thieves that was blowing all the, the free money. P- 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 so I don't know. It, it, it might even out what was going on these days. You know, I, I ain't in the club, so I, I don't really know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, one thing that's really interesting about your story and your journey is you you left pole dancing, started your own pole dancing studio. Um, yeah. So entrepreneurship just sort of changed into being able to share like the how to's of pole dancing with others. Can you talk about starting that business? So I would be on stage at Magic City and I would do these crazy pole tricks and, you know, flips and jump upside down and end up in a split. And women will come to the stage like, oh, my God, can you teach me how to do that? I want to learn. I want to learn. So I started out literally taking my portable pole to people's houses and hotel rooms and doing private lessons. That turned into me getting my own studio space. And then when I left Magic City after my retirement party, I continued to do that full time. Um, the majority of my students were not dancers. I had a few girls who danced who wanted to improve their pole skills, but the majority of my students were everyday women. I had lawyers, I had teachers, I had, you know, everyday, you know, moms and and wives. And, um, my class schedule was pretty full, but I tell you, my moneymaker was the pole parties, the birthday parties, the bachelorette parties. Yeah, that was when, you know, the girls really came out and and, and wanted to participate and do it more of a, a means of fun. Yeah. Um, but I honestly believe that pole dancing is the best workout for a woman. It's full body, it's core, and it's confidence. Like, it, it just gives you this- It's empowering. This, this power from within that you really don't know you have until, you know, you see yourself on that pole where you feel yourself accomplishing something that you didn't think you can do. And that just brings on a whole different level of confidence, which is sexy. You know? Yeah, I think it's really interesting how we've sort of started to normalize pole dancing across just society where you're getting like these stay at home moms who are like, hey, I'm going to have a pole dancing party. And they're becoming really, really into it. So I have friends who you would never guess they're in the carpool line. This is not their job or occupation, but they are incredibly talented. And they're finding people like yourselves to teach them all these patented tricks that you've developed over the years. So it's really kind of incredible. And I also love that it's it's become normalized as a workout and for the um, the beauty in it as well. Yeah, it's definitely a form of art. Um, in my opinion. And again, it's it's such a great accomplishment when you just can nail something that you never thought that you would actually be even strong enough for. 
for or have the talent or skill to be able to do. And I've seen that in, in so many of my students over the years. Like that's a huge accomplishment as a teacher for me to be able to help someone see their potential in that way. So do you have like patented moves that people know that Gigi made over yeah. the years? So my um, my signature move was this uh, move called Crazy Legs, where I would climb to the top of the pole, flip upside down, and I would switch like windshield wipers, my legs, 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 all the way down the pole. And then at the very bottom, I would open both legs and then drop flat into a split. Um, also with the snack pack, there's this trick that actually Spider and Magic, shout out to my pole sisters, they created a trick called the surfboard that everybody knows, right? Where the one girl lays flat and the other girl stands on top. So um, the snack pack remixed the surfboard because there was five of us. So we remixed it and made it a double surf. So you would have one girl standing on the top, one girl on the bottom. What? That move was made popular in Cardi B's money video. It was also made popular on P-Valley. Um, but yes, the snack pack um, can take credit for that. Um, there's so many, the bicycle, the peanut. Oh, so we would all get on one pole and do sit-ups unanimously all at the same time. And we would call that the P90 workout. So that was another one of our oh uh, signature moves. Well. My abs already hurt. My abs and arms already <laughs> hurt. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there. 
I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so fast Um, forward now. You're back in Atlanta. You've done podcasts. You've started your own business. And, you know, there's a lot of TV shows that are coming up. P-Valley is one. I've heard mm -hmm. rumor that some of your moves and some of your life story is kind of inspired by what we're seeing in P-Valley. This is a little bit of art imitating life. Is that true? Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot of similarities. And um, the creator herself has also said my name about, you know, they really just wanted to give um, Mercedes Mercedes Sundays the same type of environment it would be when I packed out. Uh And she actually said my name, Gigi McGuire, packed out Magic City uh, on a Monday night. there is also the similarity of, again, the the pole group, the mm-hmm. signature, I mean, the feature pole group. There's the familiarity of um, Autumn Nights being hired from the Amateur Night Contest. You know, um, when Mercedes retired, she opened up a dance studio, even though it was for majorettes. But, you know, she still had the same storyline that I had in my real life. So there are a lot of similarities. And um, spoiler alert, um, your girl has been invited maybe to the pink, okay, um, in this upcoming season. So um, this is a this is a actually exclusive I'm giving you. Um, I haven't talked about it even on my own podcast yet, but um, I will be making a cameo appearance in the second season of P-Valley. And I'm so, so, so excited about that. that. So because, um, you know, it's one thing to be casted on a show like that as a dancer or entertainer, but it's another thing to be casted on a show like that as yourself. You know, wow. there is no character needed. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm showing up as myself. Um, on the show. So that's so I'm, exciting. Like oh, huge, you know, to me. So, and you're no stranger to television. You star on WeTV's Beyond the Pole. Can you talk about how that came about? Because that's pretty exciting. People are loving that show. Oh my God. Beyond the Pole is amazing. It gives us as former entertainers a chance to um, give the everyday woman an insight and the insight on how we are as entertainers because mm-hmm. you hear all of these things about strippers um in media and movies um strippers are usually portrayed as drug addicts as prostitutes um you know having a lot of children or being really loose you know in bed or whatever like that and um you know that's not always true you know there are levels to everything and there's definitely levels to the entertainment industry but you know we are portrayed in such a negative way that Beyond the Pole gave us um, the opportunity to show the real life of a entertainer, of a right. former entertainer, Mother to show that we are like entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. we are homeowners and we are, um, there's some married women on the cast. There are um, 
you know, mothers and we're educated and, you know, we are everyday women. It's just that we chose that hustle. We chose, you know, that lifestyle and we chose that job as a means of survival and as a means to make our money. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we're cracked out prostitutes and we don't have educations or custody of our children. So that show actually, you know, gave us um, the opportunity to change the narrative of what people think of entertainers. It shows that we are entrepreneurs and that we are out here handling our business. And yeah, we might have stripped to make our money, but we took that money and flipped it into something positive. Um, And that show provides the world uh, a look at that side of the entertainer. You know, and I think that's, you know, one of the beauties of just being able to showcase different people who make money in different ways, you know? One of the things I think we talked about this before um, we were up and rolling, you talked about the mindset of dancers back in the day when you were dancing to now. And Mm -hmm. you gave like a very distinct difference between what people looked to do when you were young and dancing and now. Can we, let's, Mm -hmm. let's dive into sort of that. So again, I retired from the entertainment industry 10 years ago. Um, And back then, there weren't a lot of women who went the entrepreneurial route. There were more women who were looking for a rich man to come save them. Uh You know, they were trying to get with a ball player or, you know, some type of man that is, you know, of high standards or high society to, you know, sweep them off their feet and save them from the strip club life. It's like pretty woman. Um, These days, dancers are taking the entrepreneurial route. They want to be their own rich boss, their own rich bitch, and they want to make their own money. And, you know, they're taking their lives into their own hands. And I salute these young girls and, you know, all of the women in the entertainment industry, all of the women who are taking the entrepreneurial route because it isn't easy. And, you know, it's it's definitely has been a shift of more of that happening than women, you know, depending on these men to save them. And, you know, I'm not knocking it because I was saved. Okay. I was self-made <laughs> and I was saved by a rich man that snatched me up out the club too. and took care of me, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I'm no longer in that situation and no shade because that was my life. It was my experience. Yeah. But I can say honestly, um, as a woman, it feels so much better to be able to accomplish these things on my own. It feels so much better for me to be able to maintain the same lifestyle that that man provided for me with my own drive, my own hustle, my own money, my own education and talent. Absolutely. You know, so um, again, not to knock those who are out here looking to be saved and taken care of and kept, but you know, we can do it on our own ladies and it's, it's such a better feeling. And it can't be snatched away from you when it's yours, okay? That's so taking it back like, to you. Our grandmas and aunties always used to tell us, have something of your own, baby. Have something of your own, right? And it's, I mean, it's true. No matter if you're a lawyer on Wall Street or this, like have something of your own. And that narrative doesn't matter like who you are. If you're working in a grocery store and or you're, you know, working on Wall Street, have something of your own. And it feels good when you do. Yeah. Yes, honestly, it really does. Okay, so Gigi, tell us what's next for you. What is the next iteration of Gigi? I'm going to say 3.0. Okay, 3.0. So um, I've been back here in Atlanta for the past two years. Um, I have always been asked in DMs and and by younger women um, that I might meet on the street or that I might see, you know, when I'm hanging out in the clubs or whatever, about mentorship. You know, I'm always constantly asked, um, you know, can I can I teach them the game? Can I give them some pointers? Can I help them get, you know, whatever skills they need to be able to become an entertainer? So I've decided to do a um, ebook. Ooh, yeah, I love I've it. I've decided to do an ebook. I'm currently working on that. Um, 
to where I'm giving away this game. Well, selling this game, but I'm giving away um, the the keys, you know, to unlock those doors that people feel like they can't just like not I want to know the you game. Know? So like, is it game when you walk into work and you're like, who do I pick? Or like, what's the, I mean, and this is going to be a teaser, y'all. You can buy the yeah. ebook. It's going to be for sale, but I'm just it saying, actually, this is great. It actually starts from your mindset of what type of entertainer you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, there are levels to everything and there are definitely levels to this entertainment game. So you have your dancers who travel all around to different clubs you know, and work at whatever city they may be in. You have your dancers who stick to one club in the said city that they live in. You have your dancers who travel around in the city that they live in. You have your dancers who are sneaky strippers who have a day job, but sneak and strip at night and nobody knows. So that's the first step is figuring out what type of entertainer you want to be. There's also levels in your skill of entertainment. So the average stripper is going to get on stage booty pop, two shake, two step, do a little shake, twerk, take her clothes off, make her money and go out about her business. Then you have your dancer entertainers who are actually going to put on a performance. They're going to do the pole tricks. They're going to entertain, you know, with their floor moves and with their personality. And nine times out of 10, that person might not get all the way naked because I never did. However, the stage presence and performance that you're giving is so top notch that mm-hmm. these guys not even realizing that they're not seeing what they really want to see underneath mm-hmm. that G-string or, you know, your outfit. Um, next would be, you know, there's so many things you need to know as far as your look, your hygiene. Like, I hate to say it. There was a time when I managed a strip club in Philly back in 2015. And I hate to say that there were so many young women that I had to go through daily hygiene tips with oh. as far as like, hair removal and just, you know, just really keeping yourself top notch, keeping your skin intact and just, I mean, you'd you be would surprised like to how many of these young girls are common sense, when it but comes to just that know. part of it. Yeah. You would like to think, or you would assume that would be common sense considering it's your industry of employment, but I could see why this is yeah. well needed. Yeah. yeah. I remember a time where I was standing watching the stage and this girl bent over and she literally had like a whole fro in between her cheeks. And I literally waited for her to get off stage. And I took her upstairs and, you know, very discreetly told her that she needed to shave her butt crack. And guess what she said? I don't know how. I had to teach her. I literally had to, in that moment, take her into the shower stall and teach her how to shave her butt crack. And this is a grown woman, maybe, I don't know, book. 22, 23 years old. You know, this book is there's so many things. Um, it, it also goes into um, how to interact with the clients, right? Because here's one thing when you get hired at a strip club, I don't care what type of club it is, if it's a truck stop club, if it's a hole in the wall in the hood, if it's a magic city or a king of diamonds, I'm gonna tell you what they're not gonna teach you. They're not gonna teach you how to do your job, mm-hmm. they're not gonna teach you how to dance. They're not going to teach you how to interact with the customers, they're not gonna teach you how to even interact with your own coworkers. Huh. As long as you look the part and you can represent that club and make them some money as well as yourself, then they're going to tell you to get dressed and they're going to throw you out on the floor. It's up to you to figure it out. And this is the reason why so many women don't make it in the strip club industry in the very beginning. They get, you know, overwhelmed with all of what's happening and they don't really have the answers. And the next girl that's butt booty hole naked next to you trying to make the same dollars, you ain't going to give you the keys to win. Mm -hmm. Y'all in competition. So it's like so many young girls get lost in the whirlwind of not knowing what to do that they just say this is not for me but if you know you have someone or some type of manual that you can go to and you know kind of get a 
a heads up on these are the things that you should do. These are things that you shouldn't do. You know, these are questions that you ask. These are icebreakers. Um, one thing that most entertainers um, don't know is that it doesn't take a room full of people for you to make your money, mm -hmm. right? It could be three guys in the club. It could be 30 guys in the club. It could be 300 guys in the club. It only takes one. It only takes that one guy that got his eye on you, that got a pocket full of money, and boom, you done made your thousand dollars, your fifteen hundred dollars, or whatever you needed was your goal for that night. Yep. Because he had it and he had it to give to you. Now you can also walk up to every single guy and accumulate what you might need or make it on stage or however you make it. But um, girls often see a club or, or think of a slow night, uh, off day, and think that oh, it's impossible for me to make money that night. And that's the biggest misconception as a dancer that you can have is that on a slow night you can't make money. I made most of my money on slow nights very 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 often wow. when i was um an entertainer it's mm -hmm. kind of like that adage of like work smarter not harder there you go there you go i say that all the time i say that all the time work smarter not harder work smarter not harder that's exactly what it is mm -hmm. okay so you actually mentioned that at one point you managed a strip club are there a lot of female owners in the industry there isn't there isn't and if i could say that that would be a long-term goal of mine just to like bucket Man, list i would out love there. manifest it the, I worked at Vanity Grand in Philadelphia. I was the entertainment director. So I wasn't like the GM or anything, but I was like, um, what's her name of Harlem Knights? I'm in charge of the girls, you know, like. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, um, I did the hiring, I did the firing, I did the rulemaking, I oversaw the night, you know, to make sure that everything was copacetic with the girls following all the rules and staying classy. That was like my number one thing is that it was a, a, a um, urban club. Yeah. But I wanted it to still have that, class yeah. about it you Gentleman's know i didn't want it to be a black type. hood club i still mm -hmm. wanted it to have some luxury it was a very beautiful venue and you know i i, I hired the best looking girls that i can find and i really wanted to keep that luxury you know that high level experience and girl, I was like a one woman army when it came to that. Cause those girls wanted to be ratchet so bad. And it was like, every time I wasn't looking, they was breaking the rules. And I was like, <laughs> cracking the whip. <laughs> Left and right. That club drove me crazy. I had to quit after eight months. I couldn't even do it no more. Wow. Oh my gosh. I feel like you are a wealth of stories and information and there's something for everyone in here. Gigi, do you mind sticking around for our deep dive segment to further talk about how you've managed to turn dancing and sexuality into a brand that has lasted years upon years? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Money Movers, we're going to be back with Gigi for our deep dive segment. So stay tuned. You won't want to miss this. Thank you so much for tuning in, Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.